the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, in both the Epistle and the Gospel, we have a killing of innocent ones. It's a tragic theme within the, the readings today. The martyrdom of St. Stephen in the Epistle from the Acts of the Apostles, and then the horrendous killing of 10,000 innocent ch children at the hands of King Herod. And the feast day of that we will celebrate on Tuesday. Our parish is very blessed to have relics of the Holy Innocents, which we'll be able to venerate on Tuesday. In the epistle, there's also another theme, not just of the killing of innocents, but of forgiveness. Those final words of St. Stephen before he fell asleep in the Lord. Before that, he stands before this council of Jewish leaders who are arguing with him, accusing him of blasphemy, even though he is not, he, he is, stands immune to that accusation. And yet he spends so much try, time trying to convert them, trying to help them see the truth. We didn't read the entire passage. If you look in your bulletin, there are about 40 verses in the middle that were taken out. This is all St. Stephen explaining to them, telling the entire salvation narrative from the time of Abraham all the way forward, bit by bit. And he's trying desperately to help them to see the light, to not be in darkness anymore. But ultimately, they remain in the darkness, and so they commit the atrocious act of stoning him to death. And we see Saul there, who becomes the truly repentant one. But St. Stephen says, as his final words, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Another way we could say that is, Lord, forgive them. Forgive them their sin. This should, for us Christians, automatically call to mind the words of our Lord, his dying words upon the cross, which he said to his own father. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That's always a phrase worth pondering. They know not what they do. Now we look at those who killed Christ, and we can say very firmly, no, they knew exactly what they were doing. They had this man whom they were envious of so much that they wanted him dead, and they brought about his, his killing, his brutal killing upon the cross. They knew what they were doing. But our Lord says otherwise. He says, they know not what they do. We can take those words and we can bring them over to St. Stephen as well. Because when St. Stephen is saying, hold, do not hold this sin against them, he's saying the same thing. They don't really know what they're doing. The sin, the magnitude of the sin of which they are committing, they don't even have a clue. This is a radical forgiveness. And it is a forgiveness that is only brought into humanity through Christ. There's no worldly logic that will ever come anywhere close to this. There's no way for us to try and explain why should Stephen be asking this audacious request before God? Why should Christ be saying these words hanging upon the cross? There's no logic to it. So don't try to find any logic to it. Not in a worldly sense is their logic. We will talk about the logic 
which is beyond the world. But it's not just in the time of the Bible that this radical forgiveness exists. We saw it in our day just recently. I'll mention a name that probably has been forgotten in the news media already. Brant John. Botham John was murdered by a police officer who was confused about where she was. And Brant John stands before the person who killed his brother and he forgave her. And he said, I want the best for you. I don't even want you to go to jail. This is the kind of thing that makes no sense in a worldly sense. And of course, these kinds of statements, what do they do automatically because we're all in the world and of the world? They bring about detractors. There are people who said, how could he say a thing like that? This woman murdered another person, and this person deserves the fullest, harshest hand of the law of judgment upon her for what she did. How could he say that? He's undermining justice by saying a thing like that. And yet this, these are the words of Christ. And while he was still there on the stand, he said, you need to come to know Christ. Because it's only in Christ that this makes any sense. This is where people who talk about, oh, religions, they're all about pursuing God and they're all the same. They're not. They're not. People are trying to pursue God, but there are very distorted ways of doing this. And only in Christ do we see this full revelation, a radical forgiveness, a forgiveness for everyone, for everything, at all times, in all places. This is the forgiveness that Christ teaches us. And we can automatically in our own lives be like those detractors in that, that case. It was only a year ago, by the way. It seems like eons ago, this, this case that went into the news media and everyone learned about it. It was only in October, a year ago. But we can, we, like those detractors who say this is not how justice should be served, likewise, we too in our own lives, when we are wronged, when people sin against us, we too can do the same. We too can be the ones that say, that person deserves justice. They deserve what comes to them, or they deserve X, Y, and Z, and this is what needs to happen to them, because they are the ones that did the wrong, and they have to pay for the wrong that they did. We can even throw in some words of our Lord in that. We can sit there and say, well, look, God teaches us about justice, and he teaches us, especially in the Old Testament, if this thing happens, then this is deserving of that. This is what was happening in the Acts of the Apostles today in the Epistle. They were lying and saying that he was blaspheming God, but they thought he was blaspheming God. And the punishment for that is stoning. So we can always justify in our own minds why the people who wrong us deserve the punishments that they receive, whether divine punishment, worldly punishment, or me, I'm going to go out on my own and seek revenge, that kind of punishment. And of course, I'm not talking about the things that are, are easy for us to forgive, not the person that cuts us off on the road or that kind of thing. I'm talking about our own personal stonings. Who are the people in your life who have stoned you? spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, physically, whatever it may be. Who are those people? 
Because as you ponder them, you have an opportunity to be like St. Stephen. St. Stephen said those words before he died. All of you before me are not dead yet. So you can still say those words. You can live those words in your soul, in your very bones. You can live those words toward the people who have stoned you in your life. So how do we forgive? Because I can say forgive, and we can even say, oh, I forgave that person. But how do we really forgive? For the people who have really, truly, deeply hurt us, how do we forgive? It's not an easy answer. I'll offer a couple of steps along the way to help us. The very first step is to recognize, to recognize that we are blinded. We are all blinded. And the person who has hurt us, who has wronged us, is likewise blinded. This is in the nature of sin. Sin is always a blinding. Always a blinding. The person doesn't see the horror of what they're actually doing. We must recognize that. They can't see it. Even if we can say in our rational minds, oh, they, they know what they're doing. Just like those who crucified Christ, they knew what they were doing. But Christ says otherwise. They didn't know. They were blinded. That would be another way of saying exactly what Christ is presenting to us. They were blinded. So those who wrong us are always, always blinded. That's a first step to help us along this journey of forgiveness. The next is to remember that our enemies are not our enemies. We have one enemy. St. Paul says in his epistle to the Ephesians, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Our enemy is not the person before us. How quickly we forget that. We know that in our minds, but we forget it when people actually become our enemies. They are not our enemy. They are blinded. They are deluded by sin, just as we are so often deluded by sin. The devil has come upon them, and the devil is the one that is attacking us. Now, St. Paul here, he says about putting on the armor to stand against the wiles of the devil. So if someone is wronging us, what's our armor? Forgiveness. If someone is attacking us, our armor is forgiveness. Why? Because if we don't forgive, then we don't have the armor. And what happens when we don't? When a person wrongs us, what do we do? We get angry. We get vengeful. We get dejected. We get jealous. We get whatever else it is. You see? The devil is working in that person and comes right into us. Why? Because we don't have our armor on. Because our armor is not an armor against that person's attacks. It's against the passions that are working in that person because, uh-oh, they might work in us. We then become the victims of the devil as well. So we need the armor of forgiveness. The third is to recall our own sins. As our Lord said when the people brought a, a woman who was committing adultery before him. He said, they said, she must be stoned according to the law. 
This is the law of Moses, the law of God, that she must be stoned because she committed adultery. And what does our Lord do? Does he pick up a stone? We know this story. He says instead, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. So when we have remembrance of our own sins, we're more able to forgive others. And when people wrong us, it's like a blinding to our own sins. All we can see is the sin of the other person. And so we're not able to see our own sins. And this is why it's so important we have a constant remembrance of our own sins. Because this becomes an antidote against the attacks of other people. The next is to remember that ultimately God is at work in the world, intimately. Because when people wrong us, when people do sins against us, we can forget that God is intimately at work in the world. We think we have to be the one to right the wrong. We are the ones that have been given the tools by God to go out and execute justice. Isn't this the language of our contemporary world? We are the ones that are going to create justice in the world. This is wrong. This is evil. Why? Because God is the one who executes justice. God is the one who knows what justice is. Me, I don't even have a clue what justice is. Because every time that someone wrongs me, I think, well, justice is to go after them and to punish that person. So I have a deluded idea of what justice is. It is not my job to execute justice. God is the one who executes justice. I must be very clear about that. Because this is the seed, the little kernel that grows inside of us. So we think that we have to be the ones to go after those bad people. Because somehow we're immune to sin. We're immune to those things. Lastly, we put on Christ when we forgive. We put on Christ. We become like Christ on the cross when we forgive. This is the baptismal hymn that we put on Christ, and yet we spend our whole lives putting on Christ. Why? Because Christ gives us these situations so that we can put him on. Let us not forget that in God's intimate involvement in the world, he allows the wrongs to occur in our lives. Why? So that we can put him on more fully. It is in his love that he desires to fully clothe us with him. So in these situations of wrong, we can put on Christ by forgiving. A last word about our enemies, St. Zeno says, If a man wants God to hear his prayer quickly, then before he prays for anything else, even his own soul, when he stands and stretches out his hands toward God, he must pray with all his heart, for his enemies. Through this action, God will hear everything that he asks. So once more, we must recognize that the people who wrong us are blinded, blinded by sin. We must recognize who our enemy really is. This is the devil, not the person standing before us. If we recall our own sins, then in this way we become more immune to the wrongs of others. We must remember that God is at work in the world intimately and that he is the one who brings about these situations for our salvation. Lastly, we must put on Christ and pray for our enemies. This is the way to become like St. Stephen, 
standing before his own death, asking God to pardon, to forgive those who committed the wrongs. Because as a final word, St. Stephen said those compassionate words about the people who were stoning him. But what did he say about them just moments before that? You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. And then he asks for their forgiveness. Because when he was saying those words, he wasn't just throwing out an insult. He was trying to bring about their repentance. They're turning from their, their sin. We, my brothers and sisters, if we are not forgiving, we are the stiff-necked. We are the ones who refuse to be, to be circumcised in our hearts and in our ears. We are the ones who resist the Holy Spirit. Let us be those who receive the Holy Spirit in forgiveness. Amen. Let us all say 